This is John Flannery, your host. Welcome to our podcast, Let Freedom Ring. No more appropriate name could I imagine than that in these troubled days. I stand here knowing that my story is part of the larger American story. Our nation is about equality and opportunity for everyone. I think there's blame on both sides. Of course, there is dissent, because not everyone agrees, nor is everyone worthy of our democracy. We are in a battle to restore the soul of our nation. The answer is to rely on you. Not a time of life, but a state of mind. A temper of the will. A quality of imagination. A predominance of courage over timidity. Of the appetite for adventure over the love of the East. The cruel obstacles of this swiftly changing planet will not yield to the obsolete dogmas and outward slogans. They cannot be moved by those who cling to a present that has already died, prefer the illusion of security to the excitement and danger that come with even the most peaceful progress. It's difficult because it never seems to let up. We always seem to have to work. We must have the resolve to press on. Others have. I know you have In these times, when our nation is at risk, let's talk about how we restore the Republic and let freedom ring once again. Stay tuned. As a federal prosecutor, we would often say that when a conspiracy was formed, that there is no document that explains what the criminal agreement is. It has to be inferred, concluded from the conduct we can observe of the alleged conspirators. In this case, talking about the insurrection on January the 6th, we actually have documents and statements and trails of evidence and it's all before us, and it's been before us since about the time of the insurrection on January the 6th. And yet, we haven't acted to investigate criminally and to prosecute the people who were involved, though we know what they did and who they are and how they did it. We have put our government at risk. There are two developments this past week that I think deserve us paying attention to carefully and considering what the implications are of what has occurred. One, of course, is an explosive PowerPoint presentation detailing the plan to overturn the election for Trump, stealing it from Biden, discovered by the Special Investigation Committee 
on the hill looking into the January 6th insurrection. The second is not a document, but it is a recorded and public exchange of views between two men who have been very active in overthrowing and seeking to overthrow Biden and to place instead Trump in the White House. Those two men are Matt Gates and Steve Bannon. I thought we would discuss these both and I thought I would walk through with you holding the documents in my hand as I read them and analyze them to tell you what I think is the significance particularly of the PowerPoint and of the exchange between Gates and Bannon. Now, the only original documents I have are the PowerPoint itself, which now you can get a hold of and which I have posted on my Twitter feed. And you can, on YouTube and elsewhere, get the exchange between Gates and Bannon. And of the latter, I had a special opportunity to discuss it with Ari Melber on MSNBC. Obviously, I'm responsible for what I say, uh, and, and MSNBC cannot be held accountable for what I say, even if uh, a lot of the time I suppose we agree. So the source of some of my facts here are from a variety of sources that I've reviewed and put together. Politico, Yahoo, Rolling Stone, The Independent, the Guardian, and of course, like I said, the original material itself. The PowerPoint presentation, you may understand, was presented as among the documents to the select committee looking into the insurrection. It was presented by the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. He first resisted appearing or saying anything at all. Then he agreed he would, and he produced thousands of pages. But Having started to cooperate, he then stopped suddenly, said he wouldn't, and now the committee is looking to uh, hold him in contempt and prosecute him, as is the case with Bannon. But in the meantime, what we've learned from the documents he's produced is that the insurrection was based on claiming that China had effective control of American voting machines and therefore their tactic was to urge the declaration of a national security emergency as a pretext for throwing out the election results in several U.S. states. Now, Mr. Meadows delivered a copy of that presentation and it's titled Election Fraud, Foreign Interference and Options for 6 Jan. Now, 6 Jan refers to January 6th, the date that the House and the Senate were to meet in joint session, and the Vice President was to count, that's it, count the electors and decide based on that number, and the math was uh, unavoidable, Biden would be the President identified by the Electoral College and by those electors. And the idea was to uh, get this entire thing overturned by a series of steps they were going to take. Now, Mr. Meadows reportedly intended to deliver this to members of Congress, this presentation. And it matched up with ideas by other members associated with Trump. Now, you may remember 
that the evening that Trump lost, we found out later that rogue Rudy Giuliani, who was present and slightly tanked, got a, a hearing with Trump. And in that hearing, he said, our tactic is really simple. Four words, just say we won. Now, uh, in a post by one of the members of the Congress, Ilhan Omar, she called this plan, the PowerPoint, a plan for a coup. Vice Chair Liz Cheney wrote in a th uh, Twitter thread just a couple of days ago that the committee had received, quote, exceptionally interesting and important documents from a number of witnesses. Now, the 38 or 36 page document, which was intended to be presented to members of Congress before they had the results uh, corrupted through voter domestic fraud. Now, how did they say? What was their story on how they were going to say the vote total, totals were fixed in favor of Biden? And they have a whole grab bag of explanations and ways and claims and so forth. Not unlike what we saw before the several courts, not like, unlike what we saw before the, the different uh, state legislative bodies. Outrageous claims unsupported by fact. Now, Donald Trump's inner circle during the period from the 7th of November, when most news organizations called the 2020 race for Mr. Biden, and 6th of January, when a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol, that's when they were working on this presentation, on this idea, on this argument, how to overturn the election. Now, the presentation lays out a theory identical to that which was offered up by the Trump campaign by both uh, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, at a now infamous press conference held at the Republican National Committee headquarters on the 19th day of November 2020. Now at that time, Ms. Powell, who's in a lot of deep water in other places, she alleged she'd uncovered, quote, the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States. And she further claimed, without offering a stitch of evidence, that voting machines made by Dominion Voting System use software from a different voting system builder, Smartmatic, with both having been developed, she claimed at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election. Shocking and amazing. Now, none of what Ms. Powell alleged about either Dominion or Smart, Smartmatic had any basis in reality, and she's on the wrong end of lawsuits by both of these people for, I don't know, billions of dollars for defamation and misleading the public and hurting their business because they did nothing of the sort. The presentation, PowerPoint, makes recommendations that match up with drastic demands made to a Defense Department official by Ms. Powell, another uh, ally of Trump. Uh, and the ex-White House National Security Advisor was Michael Flynn, who may have been, I don't know if he was the shortest lived uh, uh, National Security Advisor, but he must be among the top five. Now, several slides lay out a scenario under which ballots in all 50 states would have been seized by the U.S. Marshal Service and held for, get this, a 50-state hand recount conducted by, quote, this is in the PowerPoint, select federalized National Guard units, close quote, under supervision of a, quote, 
trusted lead counter, close quote, to be appointed by, drum roll, Mr. Trump. Now, if this doesn't sound like a third world election, if this doesn't sound like something, normally we'd have former President Carter helping to oversee to assure that we had an honest election. I don't know what does. Now, there's more. It doesn't stop there. And Mr. Flynn, a retired three-star army general, who, uh, <laughs> well, and who was the security advisor for three weeks, he reportedly pushed a top Defense Department official he'd once worked with to help use the National Guard units to reverse the results of the election his former boss, Trump, had lost. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Jonathan Carl, but he wrote a book, Betrayal, The Final Act of the Trump Show. And he reported that Mr. Flynn placed a call to then-acting Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, Ezra Cohen. And that was in late 2020, just days after having received a presidential pardon from Mr. Trump. That is to say, Flynn received the pardon. The ex-general reportedly told his former aide to immediately return to Washington. We need you, Mr. Flynn reportedly said, before telling Mr. Cohen he'd need to obtain signed orders to seize ballots and take, quote, extraordinary measures to stop Democrats from stealing the election. Does this sound like anything that's democratic? When the Defense Department official replied that the election was over and it was time to move on, move on, Mr. Flynn berated him for being a quitter and maintained that the election was not over. Now, another slide in the presentation alleges that a computer server in Frankfurt, Germany, operated by a company called Sichtel, was used by malicious actors to falsify election results. Now, the alleged German ser server, no surprise here, it doesn't exist. But it figured in a call Ms. Cal, uh, Powell made to Mr. Cohen's private phone number, a number known only within the Pentagon and White House, shortly after he'd spoken with Mr. Flynn. Am I suggesting that Cohen and Flynn were op operating together? He was her client. They appear to be in this past any attorney-client relationship. And when I say in this, I mean a conspiracy to overthrow our government. After Mr. Cohen addressed the unsolicited phone call, Ms. Powell demanded that he launch a special operations mission to retrieve then-CIA Director Gina Haspel from Germany. Now, Ms. Powell claimed she was being held after sustaining an injury during a secret mission, which mission never actually happened, to retrieve the server, which never existed as part of a cover-up. Now, it's unclear to what extent, at this point, Mr. Meadows or other Trump allies were able to get anyone from the Defense Department to take any affirmative steps toward implementing the plans laid out in the presentation. But we have seen the force of what Trump gets people to do in violation of ethics, in violation of the law, in violation of the Constitution. As an investigative target, that is something that you have to investigate. The question is, since the Committee on the Hill has done such a good job, isn't it time we handed over the material to a prosecutor? It's not to stop what the Select Committee is doing on the Hill, but tick-tock, we have to be investigating these crimes in the right forum, in 
an attorney in a grand jury in the federal courthouses. But another document Mr. Meadows has reportedly given to the committee, an email about having the National Guard on standby, that may provide some more information about what was going on. According to the letter from Mr. Thompson, that email, and Thompson is the chair of the first of the select committee, was sent from Mr. Meadows' personal email account and had the date on it, January 5th, one day before the Capitol attack. One of the three options for January the 6th laid out in the presentation matches a proposal for delaying certification of the Electoral College results. That was offered by Texas Senator Ted Cruz. The option under which then-Vice President Mike Pence would have unilaterally delayed certification of the 2020 election to allow for a vetting and subsequent counting of, the, of all the legal paper ballots matches the plan laid out by Mr. Cruz in a statement on the 2nd of January. Mr. Cruz, along with senators, now keep track because this is our illustrious uh, cabal, in my opinion, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, James Lankford of Oklahoma, Steve Daines of Montana, John Kennedy of Louisiana, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, then Senators-elect Cynthia Lummis of Mississippi, Roger Marshall of Kansas, Bill Haggerty of Tennessee, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. They proposed that rather than count the electoral votes on January 6th, Congress could, quote, immediately appoint an electoral commission with full investigatory and fact-finding authority to conduct an emergency 10-day audit of the election returns in the disputed states. Mr. Langford, who is speaking on the Senate floor in support of the delay plan, when the pro-Trump mob forced Senators and Mr. Pence from the chamber into hiding, later dropped his support for a delay, as did Mr. Johnson, Ms. Blackburn, and Mr. Daines. So what do we have here? I think we have a smoking arsenal. Not just one gun, not just a smoking gun. Now, let's go through a couple of the pages in the uh, uh, PowerPoint. Uh, and I've, I'll probably skip around. And I've tabbed them, so forgive me for delay. One is that there's a whole slide showing a very complicated uh, systems diagram, if you will. And this is all to persuade us that there was a German server <laughs> they love their servers, don't they? There was a German server that had everything to do with being manipulated so that it could ma manipulate the votes in America. Another one is, uh, it's very, issue, uh, very interesting. I'll read you the entire slide. It says, key issue, China has leveraged financial, non-governmental, and foreign allies, including, get this, Venezuela to acquire influence and control U.S. voting infrastructure in at least 28 states. Is that amazing? And there are people who are saying that, and, and they're saying it knowing it's not true. Then it says another one, key issue in 2020, critical infrastructure control utilized as part of ongoing globalist socialist operation to subvert the will of the United States voters and install a China ally. They're accusing, uh, how, how is this even possible? That they're accusing Biden of being a China ally? But this is what they were saying. This is how they were organizing. This is how they were convincing people and giving people something 
that would allow them to support the overthrow of the election, the honest election. There's a timeline, and it's fairly complicated, I'm not going to read it, but basically the timeline is to suggest to us a connection between the voting machines and the results. And that's why, since the voting machines can't be trusted, we have to count every ballot by hand. We have to exclude the machines entirely across America. Um, and they have a slide which has the, uh, uh, the Russian flag, and next to it it says, and keep in mind, it says the Chinese Communist Party, financial control of Dominion voting machines. Then it says, the Chinese Communist Party, control of testing for Smartmatic software operating Dominion voting machines. There it is, the big lie. And the, uh, uh, the, next, one, the next slide, I'm skipping around, and you can download them and look at them yourself. But the, the key is to question them all. It has a special side that says, shows the Communist Party control of testing for Smartmatic. And so the Chinese firm is known as, and then they give an address in China. <laughs> the, uh, uh, another, another one that we have here is the recommendations. This is how we're going to do it. Brief senators and congressmen on foreign interference. I've just read to you that part of the plan. Declare national security emergency. Aha! Foreign influence and control of electronic voting systems. Aha! Declare electronic voting in all states invalid. Aha. Resort to, I added the words resort to, these are the actual words now, legal and genuine paper ballot counts or constitutional remedy delegated to Congress. In other words, to force a vote in the way the Constitution provides that could manipulate uh, the, the voting mechanism to favor Trump being restored unlawfully illegally, unconstitutionally, wrongly, as a coup to continue as President of the United States, despite what the election showed us, what the electors said, and what many courts said who could find no fraud. The, uh, and then they, they go through uh, votes in several states. It will not surprise you. I'll just tell you the states. Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Nevada. Why did they choose those states? Because they have to cheat. It's like the Republican Party. They have a cult. They have no policies. They have only getting power. Then they have <clears throat> the uh, count the ballots top level plan. A trusted lead counter will be appointed with authority from, guess who? The President of the United States to direct the actions of select federalized National Guard units and support from DOJ DHS and other U.S. government agencies as needed to complete a recount of the legal paper ballots for the federal elections in all 50 states. They intend to use the National Guard to take over a review of the entire election, limited only to paper ballots. And then what are the U.S. Marshals going to do, which is the second part of this? They will immediately secure all ballots and provide a protective perimeter around the locations in all 50 states. DHS, Homeland Security, will use their emergency response logistic capabilities to support the effort. They will integrate the IT support that will include separating out the legal from the counterfeit ballots and communications with all supporting the effort and cameras, possibly cell phones, imaging each and every ballot. These images will be distributed to the internet. 
and here's the one you'll like. The federalized National Guard in each state will be supplied detailed processes and be responsible for counting each legitimate paper ballot. Teams made up of three, first couple counties will be five, National Guard members will do the counting. As the counting occurs, each ballot will be imaged and the image is placed on the internet so any U.S. citizen can view them and count the ballots themselves. The process will be completely transparent. Yeah, like everything Trump does, like even this memo, which we had to wait uh, how many months to see ourselves, that, and it was used as a planning document to overthrow the normal vote of the people in a presidential election. And here are the three options that I mentioned earlier for 6 Jan. First one, it's a bullet, they don't number them. Vice President seats Republican electors over the objections of Democrats in states where fraud occurred. And the only states where fraud occurred are the ones where Trump lost, right? Uh, even though Republicans running for Congress won in those states, in those districts, in those states that Trump lost. The second bullet, Vice President Pence rejects the electors from states where fraud occurred, causing the election to be decided by remaining electoral votes. There it is. Um, so when he does that, then we're thrown into this constitutional morass and we have to have votes. And when we have that vote in the House, there's a realignment based on the weight of, of the states in the House. And that's how they get to a point in which they could, under the Constitution, so trick the system that Trump, who had no alternate electors and no objection by anyone, no court, nor any place in the United States would leapfrog into the office again. And the, the third and last uh, proposal is a bullet is Vice President Pence delays the decision. This is the uh, Cruz alternative in order to allow for a vetting and subsequent counting of all the legal paper ballots. Delay, 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 which is what he does in court, which is what he did to avoid investigations throughout his tenure in the White House. And this is how they hope to uh, avoid the consequence of a legitimately run election by delaying the decision on the electors. And then the uh, last page, which is really sweet, they have a picture and they claim the 2020 U.S. election made in China, question mark. I suppose the fact that they didn't put an exclamation point says something uh, maybe accidentally honest about about them. Now, that is, that's a playbook from a fascist state, uh, and uh, Hitler would be proud. And at the same time that we're getting that information, we're also getting the uh, back and forth between Matt Gates and Steve Bannon. Now, Matt Ga Gates in May uh, of this year, he made a remark that, what is the Second Amendment for? except for us to overthrow an illegitimate and illegal government. I'm paraphrasing, but he did say it, and he ascribed it to the Second Amendment. The uh, Steve Bannon, we know, was involved in uh, the plannings and dealings leading up to January the 6th. Now, they have an exchange only uh, a few days ago on the air, and I got a chance to comment on it on uh, MSNBC on Friday, and what you had Gates saying is, you know, people, and this is a direct quote, people didn't like that Donald Trump raised his voice, but sometimes you got to raise your voice to raise a ruckus. And 
watch this carefully, to raise an army of patriots who love this country and will fight for her. That's what he said, will fight for her, an army. Now, uh, Bannon, who listened to this remark, he then said, this is Trumpism in power. That's when we went to the 4,000 shock troops. We have to have that's going to man the government. Bannon predicted. Get them ready now, right? We're going to hit the beach with the landing teams and the beachhead teams and all that nomenclature they use when President Trump wins in 2024, wait for it, or before, or before. Now, we have Bannon who goes on to say a few moments later, we're going to have a sweeping victory in 2022, and that's just the preamble to a sweeping victory in 2024. And this time, we're going to be ready. What does that mean? And we're going to have a MAGA perspective, MAGA policies, not the standard Republican policies, he said. So, uh, what does that sound like? Well, th their conversation, I think, fits seditious conspiracy. Uh, Title 18, United States Code, Section 2384, provides that if two or more people in the United States, quote, conspire to overthrow or destroy by force the government of the United States or to level war against them, then they have committed seditious conspiracy. Also, there's another problem. If they oppose by force the authority of the United States government to prevent, hinder, or delay by force the execution of any law of the United States, period. Now, there's a lot more we could say about this. But I think from this, there is at least one message, one message that screams... We are privileged and honored to have the success that the Select Committee on the Insurrection has had to obtain the witnesses and the documents that they have, to have a prosecution against Bannon and another one likely against Meadows in the days ahead. And other witnesses who are alerting us, they're going to come forward and they're going to uh, not cooperate and they're going to plead the... Uh, uh, executive privilege that a court has already decided does not exist for anyone except the sitting president, and that's Biden. But the thing we have to look at is let's take the worst, coast, uh, worst case scenario. If Biden or the Democratic nominee, if Biden decides not to run, uh, loses in 2024, if we lose the House next year, and we have not fought back, we may never have a democracy again. This is an existential question. This is a duel between the democracy that was created over the blood and treasure of people who literally risked their necks to establish this government. This is a government in which no less than Benjamin Franklin, when asked, about the survival of our republic, said you have a republic if you can keep it. You've heard public officials who care about this country repeat this, particularly the speaker, and she's right to do so, and we're right to be concerned about it. Because if the errors they made on January the 6th did not occur, and we didn't have the improvisations that were correctly done, by the Speaker and by Vice President Pence, despite whatever other disagreements we have, this could have all gone the other way. And they hope, and you've heard the words, we're not going to make those mistakes the next time. 
you've heard what their plan was for January 5th and 6th. It wasn't, it wasn't done in a, on a kitchen and, and napkins. It was, it was in a PowerPoint. Contacts were made, people were arranged, funds were arranged, senators and congressmen were evolved. There was a whole conspiracy within our government, the enemy within, that put at risk our democracy. For these people who can't win an election unless they lie, and they can't win an election unless they can control the outcome, and that's why they favor an autocracy. If our attorney general doesn't wake up and start a grand jury investigation and to prosecute these people that buy the documents we now have publicly and what we've observed on radio and TV and social media, we could lose this republic. We could fail Benjamin Franklin's warning for what we should do. So I hope that uh, I've supplemented what reading you've done and thinking you've done about this issue. And you may say, well, what can I do? Pick up a telephone, send an email, give a contribution, do what you can, and just remain abreast of the changes that are happening in this country, because we're at high risk. So I want to thank you for uh, being patient, and I hope uh, this approach was uh, not just interesting, but informative. All the best. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.